Welcome to another episode of Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. This podcast is sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North Homeschool Academy offers live online classes, clubs, testing, ebooks, community, and more. We have a unique one-of-a-kind special needs program, allowing your K through 12th grade student to take classes and excel in small groups. We also offer academic advising for high schoolers and special needs students. We offer the performance series test brought by Scantron, which can be taken in the privacy of your own home. It's secure and allows your students to take up to six tests, as well as giving you a Lexile reading score. You can find us blogging two to three times a week at truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. Please like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. Please join our Facebook groups, Help Homeschooling High School and Survive and Thrive Special Needs Homeschooling. We'd love for you to download and follow this podcast at iTunes and share the link with your friends. This month, we've been talking about the soft skill of communication. And for today's show, I have two sisters, both of whom are homeschooled and are now homeschooling their own children. In addition to raising kids and homeschooling, both are working artists using visual art and music to convey truth and meaning. BJ Praman is a self-taught artist from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I hope I said your last name right. I meant to check that before we started. <laughs> no, that is correct. Praman. Oh, woo, I got it. Okay. She's been teaching art through homeschool co-ops and private learning for eight years. For seven years, she curated a three-day Christian art gallery for lifelight.com, a 501c3 music and evangelism ministry based in Sioux Falls during their flagship festival in Worthing, South Dakota. She continues to work as a live event speed painter at Lifelight festivals held throughout the Midwest and internationally, as well as for special events. A homeschool mother to two children, BJ believes that art not only is an important component of well-rounded education, but a tool and expression valuable to all skill levels for connecting to others, individual well-being, and an act of worship. BJ will also be leading our art club at True North Homeschool Academy in the fall of 2019, and you can find more about that at the website. Rochelle Hope is a worship leader, songwriter, and speaker, and released her first album featuring the tracks Bring You Glory and He Cries in 2011. Her passion is to serve Christ wholeheartedly through music and word, leading people into a time of worship and to be obedient to his call, Acts 20:24. She serves Christ alongside her husband, Josh Brewer, as God guides them in ministry together. They have a passion for reaching the lost and ministering to young people by challenging them to be servants for Christ and to walk out their faith. Rochelle also speaks to youth and young girls on the topic of purity and living set apart. Rochelle Hope has partnered with many different ministries, including Lifelight in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, as well as being a part of festivals in many different countries. She has experience in playing art festivals, retreats, conferences, and churches. Some of the bands Rochelle Hope has toured with and opened for include Remedy Drive, Voda, Lincoln Brewster, and more. And we will link her Facebook page and her Instagram page in the show notes. So make sure you check those out. So I'm really excited to have you guys both here today on the show, and you've both been working in the arts. Were you professionally trained in the arts? You were both homeschooled, and now you're both homeschool mom, and you both work as artists. So can you just share a little bit about how that all came about? Because it's kind of unique. Yeah, it can be. I'll let you go first. <laughs> so for, for my experience, art was one of the things that it's one of those skills that starts as a hobby as a child. You're like, oh, my kid loves to draw. And it's something that I and my mom helped me to pursue through some art lessons here and there, but mostly it was a self-driven hobby. And I, I actually went to college to get a degree as a veterinary tech. I also love medicine. I love science. But uh, God takes you down different paths sometimes. And so I 
I never went professionally for any arts degree. It's something that happened naturally out of what God brought into my life as a parent and a wife. I actually started, you could say, first professionally as in first getting paid uh, <laughs> as an art tutor for a child with behavior health needs. Okay. Uh, that kept her out of the public school system and it was used in a therapy capacity, mm-hmm. uh, which is put on my heart the child aspect as far as getting more involved in co-ops once my child became of age as a as a teacher. Right. So more from an art therapy point of view, but you actually do your own artwork, right? Yes, I do. So out of that tutoring and then the co-ops, more opportunities came kind of fluidly out of my environment with LifeLight, which was started by my parents. So it was something I've always been highly involved in. We were holding this massive three-day music festival in a location that had a dairy barn, and we had a space that was unused in the old hayloft. And I said, hey, I could throw paintings on these walls. And (laughs) so we we cleaned it up, and our extremely dedicated on-site staff built a staircase so that people could use that instead of a ladder, (laughs) you know, things like that. Um, reached out to the local kind of sort of tri-state community of South Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa. And for seven years, we filled, I think it was about 900 square feet of gallery space with all kinds of multimedia art. We had potters and photographers and metal sculptors and traditional painters. We had yarn art. We had live art. We taught mm-hmm. painting classes out of this space. And that was something that uh, that really led to the live painting from okay. that. Because we would have painters that would come paint on stage in between the musical acts. And they would showcase their art in our gallery. Oh, and cool. for me... I was like, hey, this, this, that resonated with something. I think it, it resonates more with the communication side of art. Right. Very, very heavily because you're communicating a message in a short amount of time as opposed to spending 100 hours in a studio right. to create one piece. You spend eight minutes or less, sometimes mm-hmm. as little as two minutes to create a piece uh, in front of a crowd of hundreds or thousands of people. Let's pause for a second. I don't know that everybody will know what LifeLight is. So can you just take a minute and tell us, for the listeners who aren't familiar with LifeLight, what is LifeLight? Okay, well, LifeLight is a music and evangelism ministry that's operated out of South Dakota for 22 years. Our primary focus is evangelism, and we do that through music and as much as possible by incorporating the other arts as well. Right. And you guys have some crazy events now, too, with motorcycles. And there's like a name, but I don't know what that name is. Uh, Yeah, motocross, BMX, stunt dudes. I mean, yeah. And and so that's the thing. I think we try to find, you know, whatever speaks to youth and all people, you know, Mm -hmm. what speaks to them, what's relatable to them, and then use that as a tool to reach people and and share the gospel. So like BJ was saying, through the festivals, through concerts, through events, through youth outreaches, we do a lot of those as well. And then international missions as well. Right. Cool. Thanks. I just wanted to pause because, you know, we all know what it is, but not everybody does. So awesome. Yeah. When you were watching the Speed Painter, when you say between musical acts, because the Lifelight Festival is like a multi-day festival with many stages. And so there's just music going on all the time. And you were watching these speed paintings between those different musical acts. I just want to be clear. Yes. We've had multiple different artists who do the style of painting always with the evangelical 
mindset. So usually it would be in between musical acts when you're tearing down one band's equipment and getting another band's equipment on, you need to fill stage space. And we always try to keep our stage space engaged with the people there at all times, all the attendees who come. And so we sometimes though would have painters perform during speakers. And for me specifically, I frequently paint to music live performed by my sister, Rochelle. (laughs) So how did you learn how to do speed painting? I mean, I've never, I've seen chalk painting before, but I did see you at an event this year. I've never seen it before actually ever. How did you learn to do it? I mean, it's a hard question to quantify. So I learned to do it because I saw someone do it. And I said to myself, I can do that. Like a good homeschooler. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So most of the time you have to have ground skills built up in order to speed paint things like a good understanding of frequently line art proportion. Mm -hmm. So that when you were painting quickly, you know, you you don't have to stop and measure out. Right. Right. You know, how far away am I painting the eyes on this picture on a three by four foot canvas? And frequently involves practice. I usually start on a small scale, drawing the same image repeatedly over and then moving up and into a messier medium like acrylic paint, which is normally what I paint in. I would have to say in order to get a piece ready for a season or an event, probably about a dozen small scale pieces are done beforehand. Wow. Okay. You need to have muscle memory in order to do it effectively, Uh much like piano playing. (laughs) They're related skills and that mental mindset. Wow, very cool. So Rochelle, you're also an artist, but not you don't do speed painting. You play Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, different kinds of artists. I can't even try to do what she does. (laughs) Yeah. But I love how BJ tied in like muscle memory is very much what you do with music a lot of the time. Were you professionally trained as a musician or so yes and no, mostly no. <laughs> so again, like that's the beauty of homeschooling, you know, you just find what works for you and you learn from experience and from people in your life. And so we both were in piano lessons as kids. It was actually our next door neighbor who gave professional piano lessons. So we were her students. She was our tutor and we'd go over what once, twice a week. I think it yeah. was, we just mm-hmm. walked to her house and get our little piano lesson in. And I always am just so thankful looking back on how awesome of a teacher she was because I was one of those difficult students. (laughs) I would come in and she, you know, put the book in front of me and I never really wanted to focus on that. I would just do what my fingers wanted to do. And I always wanted to kind of make up my own song sort of. Mm -hmm. And she went with that rather than being, you know, no, we got to stick to the book. She, you know, of course she would teach me that too. But she would always encourage me, hey, it looks like you're kind of coming up with your own thing. Why don't you go home this week, work on that, practice it, put something together, and then come back and and perform it for me. And to me, it's like, oh, I was able to kind of spread my own wings. And so um, I kind of learned to play a little bit more from by ear. And looking back, I should have been more committed and and focused on learning the sheet music. (laughs) But I was really able to just fly with that. And so, yeah, over the years of much practice, I just grew to love the piano. It was my place to just go. And, you know, that was my place to kind of be free. And music was just meant a lot to me. Music speaks to people. 
that's why we have music in movies and we have soundtracks and because music moves people. And so I started just kind of writing my own songs here and there. And like initially, I would have never in a million years thought I'd be on big stages performing in front of people, sharing my songs. Like never would have thought that because I was just way too stage fright and nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had so many wonderful people in my life that would just surround me and encourage me and remind me like, Hey, if you have a gift, use it for the Lord's glory and, you know, glorify him with that. Mm -hmm. And so I had some talented local musicians too, who are people who would encourage me. And so they just kind of came around and helped push me towards that. And then over the years growing up, I was able to go to a few different things like GMA in the Rockies, which is gospel music association. Mm -hmm. They have some events for young people in the performing arts. And so I got to go to a few competitions. I'm a conference was another one forget what IMA stands for, but I-M-M-A, that's another music conference. And so, yeah, there are many opportunities, especially like BJ had mentioned, growing up with our parents starting LifeLight, we had a lot of connections. Mm -hmm. But I'll say to that, even though we had all of that at hand, I just want to encourage anyone who may be listening to this, that maybe they want to become an artist, whether painter or musician, don't always feel like you have to, oh, I have to go to Nashville to become Mm -hmm. a recording artist, or I have to go to whatever professional art museum to learn. Like you can learn from local talented people right in your area. Start from there. I mean, we have so many great recording studios in Sioux Falls and, you know, they might not be top of the line, but that's a perfect place to start. Perfect Mm -hmm. place to start. And so just find people in your life that have connections where you're at. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a great thing to think about because often we sometimes feel like we have to be really professional when really what's in front of us is what's in front of us. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's the advantage of both music and, and fine arts really is, you know, to be in business world, you need to, you have to acquire the degrees necessary to, you know, to have the skill set for businesses to hire you. We don't live in a world where in most places an apprenticeship is going to get you say an MBA, right. <laughs> right. You know, but with the arts, And I want to speak to like parents on this specifically. If you have a child interested in that, let their leading kind of give you the direction because I am, for example, I will never produce a Dutch master. I don't enjoy oil painting. It's not a medium that I'm natural with and I've never pursued it because I have no interest in it. I do a lot more acrylic painting, watercolor. So pursuing a professional job in the arts is not always about what people think, oh, well, if my child wants to be an artist, they need to go to XYZ Mm -hmm. college and obtain degrees Mm -hmm. so that they can show their art in in museums or they can be on big galleries in New York or in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. You don't need that to make a living selling art. Maybe your kid's thing is they love cartooning. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. And uh, it's never been better time to get into that. Talk about how Marvel and DC have <laughs> erupted over media over the last decade. I mean. <laughs> and the same with music. I will brag on my sister a little bit. She talked about how she had trouble following the technical side of music and was always creating um, more. Well, there was a time period 
this was several years into piano lessons, where she was sitting down at our little electronic keyboard and from memory recreated the theme song of From Pearl Harbor. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And it dawned on all of us, no wonder she's been fighting it. Her brain understands music from a much more auditory point of view than it does from a visual point of view. Whereas in I Am the Opposite, visual cues are my bread and butter. I love to sing and having a musical sister and family like puts that in you but I can't memorize music I took five years of piano and we did small local competitions every year with our with our teacher she would sign us up for that and I would sweat I would sweat going in because I would have to perform without my music and I would obsess over it and I would I always made it through I made it through the hard work gets you a long way to cover up you know weaknesses but the minute I was done, like the next day, I wouldn't be able to play you that piece of music without the sheet. Uh, Not how my brain works. Right. Uh, so don't let preconceived notions of how a music degree happens or a degree in art happens block your child from learning the way their brain needs and wants to learn. Right. That's a great thing to remember. I just want to talk for a minute how you guys really are in communication field in some ways more than you're in the music field or the visual arts field. Really what you guys do is communicate with people and the whole purpose of Lifelight specifically is evangelism. But what do you guys see the purpose of your art specifically? And did you know that you were going to grow up and be like professional communicators? I mean, you're in these unique positions of communicating with people all over the world in some ways and how art bridge the gap between language and culture And how important is it for us to really focus on art? I mean, I know a lot of homeschoolers, it's always the last thing they get to. I'm like a closet artist. So like pencils, like by the time they can hold anything, they're getting art supplies in our house. But important to us because I think it's such a beautiful way of communicating. But what about those parents? It's not a natural thing for them. And how does art bridge those gaps between language and cultural barriers? That was a lot. So... (laughs) say it bridges it effectively. (laughs) Again, how I am not an auditory driven learning style. I failed Spanish four and a half times in high school. I graduated with a second language credit in American Sign Language because I nothing else (laughs) stuck. (laughs) But I have painted the last time I was overseas. Well, not overseas. It was south of the border. I was in Mexico. My Spanish (laughs) is terrible, but I wept. I wept with people in churches over paintings because it's color and pictures can, there's no, you know... Jesus on the cross is Jesus on the cross in a visual representation. You don't have to find a new way to describe something when mm-hmm. you're doing that. You know, a painting of a sunset over the ocean means a painting of a sunset over the ocean. You know what I, I mean? There's no need to, um, nothing gets lost in translation with art. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, in that sense, art for, for me is definitely about developing empathy. There is a stereotype in the art world, oh, like a heartsy, weepy, flighty mm-hmm. art person. <laughs> and that is a, um, a, in many cases, a earned stereotype because frequently people in the arts empathize well. They're sensitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they feel their emotions very strongly. They feel the emotions of others very strongly. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, art can not only help say maybe a person who struggles with understanding others to understand not only their emotions better, but another person's emotions better. Because when you 
draw or paint. And very frequently when you create music or you perform music or you learn music, you are taking something someone else created and applying it to yourself and then applying it to others. And you did mention empathy, which is also a soft skill. One of the reasons we decided to focus this podcast on soft skills was the research is kind of starting to trickle in. Now that kids are getting raised on digital devices, they're becoming technologically more intelligent. Just their ability to communicate with other people is waning. And just the soft skill of empathy is really not as high a priority for people or they're just struggling with it more. So I love the fact that you pulled in art really teaches people how to empathize with others, probably because it isn't language loaded. It's just emotively, you know, it's, it's how you feel and it's evocative. And just the sunset thing, I mean, a sunset in South America is the same as in North America or China or Russia. It doesn't have anything to do with, with language or culture. It has to do with the fact that we all finish today and we live through it, you know, so there's a lot of emotion and empathy there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just did everything she said and with music as well. And no, to answer that question, like, did we see ourselves doing this? I don't know if you did. <laughs> not in a million years. Really, really did not. And that's where it's like, you know, God just takes you and he teaches you and shows you what the place he has for you as you get older. But um, no, I never, never would have thought I'd be or doing this. But again, just kind of learning along the way, having people come along that encourage you in it. And neither of our parents are artistic. <laughs> and so to answer your question about what about the parents who maybe their abilities aren't, maybe someone's not naturally crafty. Okay, so I'm one of those moms. I homeschool now, but I can't stand anything art-related, crafty, painting. <laughs> I'm so OCD. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's paint on my dining room table. I don't know where to keep the cotton balls and the brushes. And it's overwhelming to me. But then it's like, hey, I have a sister who does this. (laughs) Go to her house. And so it's really great to just think outside the box. It doesn't even have to necessarily be that you have to adopt that passion like everyone else does, but you can find a way for your kids to, we're also a part of, we both have a co-op, a homeschool co-op that we're part of weekly. And Mm -hmm. so that's another place that my kids get to have a class there and they get to make something and I don't have to handle it, (laughs) but it's like, and they're still getting that, um, that fulfillment. And so, yeah, just kind of thinking outside the box. And then again, back to just how arts and music, um, can be a form of communication. I just think it's so huge because there have been so many people that have come up to me and also BJ and other artists through music or paintings or whatever it may be. And that's like so a form of communication because we've had kids come up that have said, wow, the words in that song are exactly what Mm -hmm. I needed to hear. Like that's the place I'm at. I'm in this pit right now and I don't know how to climb out, but Mm -hmm. this song spoke to me. Mm -hmm. And so it's just been really neat to see how God uses music and he uses pictures and he uses Mm -hmm. art and just speaks to people. Yeah. What resources or curriculum or books or anything would you guys recommend to parents? I know it kind of feels like two topics in some ways. I mean, there's art and there's communication. Um, But I I do just, again, love what you said, BJ, about how teaching our kids art is really teaching them to empathize because they have to look at how they're feeling to express without language, but also it helps them connect with other people. So what kind of things would you recommend for parents who are homeschooling? as far as just teaching their kids, A, communication, but also art kind of related things. 
and or empathy, because uh, <laughs> I kind of love that. Well, from the painting or art side, you don't always have to have every single resource to teach your child. Like, I did not pick up a paintbrush as a, my main medium until after I was done with college. I was a pencil and sketch artist all of my childhood and high school. That's what I loved. And that's the only thing I did was graphite, paper, and ink. Mm. Usually just ballpoint pens that you can buy for like $2 for two dozen of them, you know, from Walmart and not, you don't need to uh, be able to invest massive amounts of money in order to fuel your child's love or passion for something. And looking at your local resources is the number one thing. Most libraries have free art classes during the school year or summer programs, both for kids, young kids and older kids and adults things that you can do as a family, showing interest in your child's interest is going to be the number one thing when it comes to what would be considered an extracurricular. Most students understand that they have to do math, even if they don't like it or not naturally inclined to it, because most kids do not want to do summer school. They do not want to be repeating a grade level, even without the peer pressure of a classroom to watch you do it. It's not a fun concept for any child, but Things that would be considered unnecessary, like learning how to play an instrument or art, can get left to the wayside. And the child will sometimes leave them to the wayside if they think that their parents don't take pride in what the child has achieved or could possibly achieve through that. So you know what? If you're the type of parent who you're a stick figure kind of drawer, draw stick figures with your kid. (laughs) It'll mean something to them. When it comes to programs or materials, if your kid is really interested, like that you know that this is their real passion in whatever, maybe it's drawing or painting or sculpting, I guess my only recommendation is skip Walmart. uh, (laughs) Art materials are frequently rated as, you know, they'll be the brightly packaged grade school package sort of things by Crayola. And there will be what they call student materials and master or professional materials. A little can go a long way. Don't be afraid to, you know, invest a little more in that more expensive student material grade paint. You know, there are some things that your child, as they progress, they cannot achieve with cheap materials. Okay. Yeah. And so let's say you invest as it's the kid's birthday and you're going to buy this $50 set of paints or the $20 set of pencils, something in that nature. And not saying that you have to go for the most expensive thing because frequently you don't. (laughs) But don't be afraid to invest in that. Good art materials is like a good pair of shoes. Yes, the $10 pair of shoes will cover your child's feet. But if they try to play soccer in them, they're not going to achieve their goals and they're not going to have fun. (laughs) So... I love how you have that balance between check what resources you have locally, because there are always people around where you live. I mean, no matter where you live, there's always people there that have resources and abilities and gifts that you can tap into. And a lot of times people are just waiting to be asked. And also, you know, you can get supplies at Walmart or whatever, but if your kid really shows an interest, then invest a little bit more. So it doesn't have to be like all professional or all just run of the mill. It can be a combination of both too. And yeah. And what we found too, is if we just find somebody online that we like, if we just message them or get a hold of them, oftentimes people from around the world are more than happy to talk with you and tell you about stuff. And so, yeah, I think it's, there's more local resources than ever before with social media. Yeah. For sure. I think 
That's another great thing when you mentioned, you know, kids are so absorbed with technology these days. There's definitely negatives to that. And that's why we're having these talks about how can we, you know, get them to be more empathetic and all that. But at the same time, the beauty in technology is exactly that. Like there's so many online classes available and online courses and And um, free resources. I will be the first to admit, but when there is a something I know like, oh, wow, I'm going to attempt to paint this picture and I don't know how to get started. Dude, I am diving into YouTube first. (laughs) (laughs) And my daughter's already doing that. I mean, my, she just turned 10 and she is so into art. And so again, that's why I'm so grateful to have my sis because I'm like, I'm going to send her to your house, (laughs) but she's so into painting and everything. And she'll just kids art hub on YouTube. They have so many tutorials and it just walks kids through step-by-step how to do things. And she just loves that. And I know there's online music courses Mm -hmm. as well, where you can just a simple, like, I'd like to learn guitar. And of course, again, when you get plugged into your own community, you're just going to meet so many people, even my own co-op that we're a part of. I've met so many people that I hadn't known before. We had so many people before that were so experienced in whatever it may be. And so Mm -hmm. it's really neat to just make those connections, meet those other homeschool moms and, you know, swap kids every now and then. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Something you said also struck me about DC and Marvel Comics. And I do think as we're moving into like a really technological age and everybody has iPads and phones and all this tech, that it's not that people aren't still needing art. I mean, there's art everywhere. And I do think just the rise of DC and Marvel just really shows that, that people are looking for iconic heroes and people to look up to and they want those superpower people in their lives but just the art form of comics is can be really powerful too not to be overlooked that you don't have to be you know a Rembrandt to really be a powerful artist and use that to communicate really well some great things and and that's really when it comes down to it that's really what you guys are doing with art is is it really so much that you have to create I mean, maybe I'd love to hear your answers on that, but also what is your, what's your bigger vision for your creative outlet? Yeah, that's good. I I asked this huge, long paragraph question. No, I love it. That's good. That's good. (laughs) For me, I think when you are passionate about something, you like to talk about it. You like to express it. You like to, I mean, everyone's like that. You you know, when you have small talks, it's like, why are we talking about this? It's because it's something you're passionate about or, or that makes you excited. And so, you know, for me, of course, well, for both of us, of course, we're very passionate about the gospel and trying to use our lives to, to spread that good news and bring glory to the Lord. But also there's specific things that throughout my life I've become real passionate about. And that's why some of the things that you mentioned earlier in my introduction was just speaking to young girls on living set apart and Mm -hmm. the topics of purity and modesty. And those are things I'm passionate about. And so whether it's through music or whether it's through showing up at a conference and just talking about it, yeah, I just really like to communicate the things that I'm passionate about and I want others to get on board with it too and um, just spread that. And sometimes music and art are one of those ways that you just express that passion. Yeah, I would have to say as far as a larger goal, God gives each and every one of his people gifts and talents to use. And for me, it comes down to whatever you do, do is under the Lord. And this is the tool set he has given me, the passion that he's given me. And that plays into the roles that he has given me 
as an individual also. So yes, he's made me an artist and he has also made me a wife and a mother and an, an aunt to a very, very artistically inclined <laughs> niece. And so sometimes the pursuit of that passion is being the resource. We talked a lot about looking at your, your local resources for help, engaging your child in, in the arts beyond whatever it is, your natural ability. So for us, for me, it's how can I be that resource? I mean, it's why I'm involved in co-ops and it's why I uh, sometimes learn very interesting ways to teach material. Right now, our age range in our co-op is seven to 16. And we have preschoolers younger than that age who frequently do jump in on the art. But I have to find a way to make color theory make sense to a first grader and a high school student frequently in the same class <laughs> and any homeschool mom really knows that challenge is like well how am I teaching my high school or math if I'm also teaching you know my fourth grader science at this yeah there's so many hats and so many yeah. levels like okay I'm, I'm gearing up like on a bike for this class and then we're gearing it down for this class <laughs> right, right. But yeah, the, the overall goal boils down to to do what God has given me a passion to do and to do it well. Right. I love that. So do you think that it's really viable for people to go into the arts professionally and be able to support a family with it? It seems like that's really the big question in the high school groups is my kids are really interested in this, but how are they going to ever support themselves if they do that? And I think you kind of both touched on it a little bit, but what would you say to that parent? I mean, you just did actually, BJ, but specifically hone in on that question. I would say absolutely. I think, and again, coming back to whatever God has for you, he's going to make a way. He's going to provide. But I think I can speak safely for both of us right now we're moms of little ones. And so we're kind of in a season where this is an on the side thing. We're not doing this as like our full-time income or anything like that, but it really works wonderfully for on the side. We get to do what we love. We get to do what we're passionate about, but also we get the opportunity to be stay home homeschool moms as well. And also a lot of the time, if you're going to pursue a career of whether it's music or arts or whatever, a lot of the time it will ask traveling of you mm -hmm. and another great reason to homeschool because you're going to be on the road a lot and you're going to be going place to place and you can't just pull your kids out of school all the time. Yeah. So it's really worked well for us to just, well, we're on the road, but bring your books and we'll just do it here and there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, right now I think um, it's more of an on the side thing, but if someone wants to pursue it as a career, I don't see why not. It looks different for everyone, you know, yeah. but absolutely. And it, it's one of those things where without getting into the college or no college debate because we're in a, we're in <laughs> a, a big debate. <laughs> period yeah. where college is an assumed ladder you know step on the rung but we're also finding that sometimes the debt acquired from the pursuit of that is in fact the prohibitive factor in a, of getting a career in whatever field you have chosen um the, the normal butt of the joke is a liberal arts degree right <laughs> <laughs> but so as someone who did not attend college for art to put it in a really like practical sense, we have some medical debt on a credit card. My pursuit of art, my my job in art uh, is paying that debt. You know, if we want to kind of just lay it out there. Once I'm in a position where I'm not the mom of little kids anymore, of preschool children, and there, you know, there's more flexibility the older your children get frequently, and I choose to pursue earning more money with my with my talents, can I do that? Absolutely. Sioux Falls, South Dakota is not a huge town, but I feel very confident that if I chose to, yeah, 
I could support myself doing that. And not to discourage anyone from going to college for arts or even liberal arts. Don't feel the pressure either to do that. The reality yes. is that music and fine arts gives your child more opportunities, more ways to approach a career than most other careers do. You have to go to college to get a teaching degree to be a teacher. You have to go to college to become a doctor. I, I would not want to go to a doctor and have <laughs> realize that he's self-taught. <laughs> there, there are some rules that are not meant to be broken there. Yeah. So, so when you said you could support yourself as an artist, what would you be doing? What would that look like? You'd be cutting albums and doing like just series of works. You know, how would that look? I mean, I think it can be a little of both. You know, you can get paid for events, for going out and doing your artwork for me as a musician going out. Um, and sometimes it always looks different. Like, oh, we just want a solo act. You just come do a little piano music. And so mm -hmm. then you make money doing that. Sometimes you bring a whole band and then you got to work that in and pay those people, you know, but you can definitely do it. And then also I did record an album and I sold them all and every album I've got money for. And so, you know, and she can sell paintings and artwork and jewelry. And so merchandise is huge too. Whether you're a musician or a painter or artist, you can sell and online. You can right. post online and make an Etsy shop. And I love that because really what you're telling parents, if, if they have an artistically minded kid, it's not just they're going to sell one painting, but there's really like a whole big thing around it that there's a lot of opportunities and possibilities they might not even know about mm -hmm. in many ways. I think as far as gallery shows through Lifelight, I mean, selling original art is a higher ticket price item, but getting prints made of art is a really good way. Most Etsy shops, like you're not buying an original piece of artwork, you're buying a print of that allows you to monetize your time a little bit better. Mm -hmm. I think the most money, if we're talking like nickels and dimes, I used to get paid $70 an hour to, to face paint uh, when wow. I lived in Columbus, Ohio. $70 an hour? $70 an hour. It's a big my life. <laughs> This might be different than um, <laughs> Now, in a place like Sioux Falls, you're going to be a little bit because it's a smaller population, but you you would still earn about 50 an hour. Mm -hmm. So that's another way that, I mean, art doesn't look traditional <laughs> at yeah. all. Uh, the person who taught me how to face paint, she goes on several cruises a year. She takes the cruise for free, works two hours a day, and is paid on top of that. Wow, we might need to offer that class on our on True North this summer or something. Holy mackerel. That's what we pay for tutoring, for specialized tutoring. It's $50 an hour is what we charge. Yes. I mean, wow, that's good money. And I think, can I just real quick too, that just reminds yeah. me, I think, and this is totally speaking to myself too, and, and from experience and still experiencing it, but know your worth because when you first start out, you're first starting out. So mm -hmm. it's like, you're starting out small. You can't ask a lot of people, you mm -hmm. know, because they don't know who you are. They don't know how good you are and you're still learning. But once you've made a reputation and a repertoire and your people are starting to know who you are, you're getting your name known, you've had experience, you've got some events under your belt, that that changes things. So don't ever go, oh, well, you know, well, okay, I'll, I'll only, do it, only do it for this because people are trying to take advantage of you. Like, no, if this, if this is what you're trying to make a living off of, then you've got to know your worth and stand firm on that. Mm -hmm. And especially, I think, being behind the scenes with Life Flight, we are so aware that a lot of the times 
ministries and Christians, we want to like, well, but can you just do it for free? (laughs) It's hard because it's like, I would love to do it for free, but this is what I do as a living. And I have a family to feed too. So I think that's another thing. Like if if you want to do this because you're passionate about it and you want it to be your job and your career, then don't settle, know your worth and just kind of and don't ever throw yourself too high though either. You know, you're no casting crowns yet. You're no, okay. <laughs> so just know your worth. And I am just, never going to be casting crowns. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And get people to give you advice on that maybe, you know. And that's yeah. what you were just talking about with community comes in too, because yeah. if you're connected with other people that are in the field, they can help you really kind of sort that out. But sometimes that's really difficult to get to what is your value? What is your worth? And, you know, compared to what you need or perceived need, all those questions get complicated sometimes. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for sure. I think one of the biggest things thrown around talking about self-worth and the balance of well, how do I start monetizing this is, well, think of the exposure you'll get. Yes. I'm going to get exposure <laughs> by doing this event, but I'm also going to get paid. You know, yes. my, you know my local plumber yes. gets exposure by parking his van in front of my house when mm-hmm. I need his help but I pay him too. (laughs) Uh, It is remembering that you are providing a service. You are not doing a favor. Sometimes you will do people favors, (laughs) but yeah, your, your time is valuable and don't let others perceptions of your talent beat you down because they're, they're hard industries to be in. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. It's why most parents are like, she wants to be an artist or she wants to be a singer. There's that initial like that clench where you're like, oh no, <laughs> how will they make their way? Because they're highly competitive. Right. And sometimes not having that sure ladder to climb, well, first you do A, then B, then C, then you have a job, uh, can be very intimidating. But I think I speak for both of us when I say that boils down again to what has God given you for your passion and for your talents? And are you going to trust him with that? Right. Right. I, you know, you reminded me again of something in our writing club, we have young kids from ages of 12 to 17 and a couple of them have been self-published already. One kiddo in there has already published three books and he just feels very passionate. He's very good. He's very competent and he's not slowing down because he hasn't caught the eye of a big publishing company. He's just going to keep publishing until he makes it big, which I mean, more power to him. He's just, but I do think in the arts, you do have that freedom too. You can just, you not just because it's hard work, but you can publish or author your own stuff. You don't have to wait for somebody professional to come alongside of you and, and say you're worth something. In a lot right. of ways, it's easier. Uh, Rochelle will never have to wait for a publishing company or a recording company to get paid by a church yeah. to come to an event. I will never have to wait for a literary agent or an yeah. agency to like for what I paint to sell a painting to an individual. Right. I think those barriers are not there mm-hmm. uh, in that sense. Well, I thanks for your time. I can't believe we've talked for almost an hour, but I really appreciate hearing from both of you. Do you guys have any like last minute, just words of wisdom or I feel like we might've gone a little far afield from communication, but it's all part of communicating. Well, anyway, do you guys just have anything, parting words you just want to say to the audience? I would say we've talked a lot about following passion. Don't be afraid to share what you have to share mm-hmm. in whatever way you're going to share it. Yeah. Uh, the only mistake you can make when it comes to communicating through medium is not doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's a wise word. I love it. Thanks.
Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> Anything else you want to share, Rochelle? Um, no, I, I've really enjoyed our talk. I, again, I didn't even think it was already an hour. This is a lot of fun and I hope to do it again. But yeah, I would just agree with everything she just said. I think, yeah, you don't want to go through life and look back and go, you know, I really wish I would have done that. And I think I easy would have done that if it wasn't for the support and encouragement of other people. And so find those people in your life that will encourage you to pursue what you want to pursue and just use that as your way of communicating with the world. And yeah, so it'll be, you'll enjoy your job, but you also have a job. <laughs> you'll have a job. Right. <laughs> well, thank you both. I will be posting in the show notes where you can find them both and your businesses and a couple of the other resources that we've mentioned. So I really appreciate your being on this episode of Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age.